Welcome to Blue Talks. I'm Corey Poirier, the founder of Blue Talks, and this talk that you're about to listen to is by Tim Allison of the Screw the Naysayer Show. You don't want to miss this one, my friends. Check it out. And now, here's Tim Allison. hates to lose. <laughs> right on. You're in very good company, you know. And it turns out that there's actual science around the way we respond as human beings to, to learning. And it was actually developed by a couple of professors, one of them from up the road at a place called Princeton. But uh, professors Kahneman and Tversky um, did some research and they called it the prospect theory. Now what's interesting about, about the prospect theory is a couple of things. The first thing is that the prospect theory tells us that we tend to evaluate things in terms of gains and losses. Like we're a really results-based society. We want to know if we've won or if we've lost. But it also tells us, interestingly enough, that the emotion we attach to losing is a lot stronger than the emotion that we attach to winning. Now, if any of you, hopefully I'm going to get this the right way, but if any of you held stock in the market in 2008, you might be kind of able to relate to this. Like when we're living in bull markets and we watch those digits on our screen go up and up and up, it feels good. But compare that to the emotional reaction the day the market crashed. Much stronger reaction to that feeling of loss. Now, I found out about the prospect theory when I was researching or trying to find an answer to a question that I've been asked hundreds of times before. And that was, why did my business succeed when so many other businesses around me had failed? And when I was 31, as we, you heard in the intro there, I walked away from probably one of the highest paying sales jobs in the country of Canada. I, I did the calculation the other day. My income in today's dollars would have been about $325,000 a year. And so I quit that job and moved halfway across the country to a little fishing village where I decided to start an educational software company. Now, most of you are too young to remember back in 1988, but little things like the World Wide Web were not yet in place. My first cell phone had a battery pack the size of a, a radio <laughs> and a long handset, you know, cord and like to go with it. There was no email. And to make my life more interesting, I started a software company, but I didn't know how to code software. So you can well imagine that there was more than a few people that thought that my idea was just lunacy. Um, and the truth was most everybody told me that my business would fail and it would fail fast. So this is me six years later. Now that's actually an article in the national edition of the Globe and Mail, which in those days would have been the Canadian equivalent of the Wall Street Journal. And it was a big deal. That picture was taken at a little provincial park. It's just up the road from my house. I still live there. Now I remember two things about the day that, the day that picture was taken. The first was it was the only time I was crazy enough to climb over that chain link fence that was between me and that rock, which is literally right on the edge of a cliff. But the second thing I remember is that my sales had not yet reached seven digits, but I was well on my way. And to put that in comparison, by that time, 75% of the businesses that had started in Nova Scotia the same year as mine were already closed. They'd already gone out of business. By the time I sold off my intellectual property years later, 91% of those businesses, they were already gone. So I do get it. You know, people ask me, 
why did my business succeed when all those others had failed? And I have to be honest with you. For a long time, I didn't have a good answer. I couldn't really figure it out. And it was when I started my podcast, started interviewing people on Screw the Naysayers, that I started to get some clarity on this thing. And I realized that people had been asking me the wrong question. You see, when you ask a business person, why did your business succeed? That's a hard question to answer. There are a lot of different variables that go into our success. What people should have been asking me is why didn't I quit? And it's not that I didn't feel like quitting. <laughs> Anyone who tells you that starting and scaling a small business is easy is either lying or they've never done it before themselves. It's not. It's hard. And no matter how strong your mindset, there's always going to be those days when you start to ask yourself, is it all worth it? And it's the people that power through those moments without quitting that ultimately end up getting what they want in life. People like Ruben Gonzalez. When Ruben was 21 years old, he phoned the folks at Lake Placid and he said, I'd like to learn how to slide down a hill at 80 miles an hour on a sled and compete in the next Olympics. Now, when they heard that he was 21 years old, they laughed at him. And they said, there's no way. We start training our kids at 9 or 10. When they later found out that Ruben, in addition to being an American citizen, also held Argentinian citizenship, well, then they got interested. They wanted to promote the sport around the world to make sure that the event had enough competition to stay in the Olympics. So they offered Ruben a deal. They said, we will train you. We will even give you your first sled. But you're going to have to qualify for the World Cup, and you're going to have to, to meet the Olympic qualifying times if you want to compete in the, in the Olympics. So four years later, and in Ruben's words, several broken bones later, he participated in the Calgary Olympic Games in 1976. Today, Ruben is the only person in history that's ever competed in four Winter Olympic Games across four different decades. And when I talked to Ruben, he told me that he was intent on qualifying for the 2022 Olympics in Japan when he'll be 57 years old. So I said to him, I said, Ruben, man, what do you think your chances are of qualifying to compete in a sport like that at the age of 57? He said, I don't know. I just know that I have a shot. This is Tracy Smith who I had the pleasure of meeting in person quite recently. Tracy was born a four-way amputee. The thing about Tracy is she doesn't like being told that the absence of limbs means she can't do certain things, like climbing a Himalayan mountain, which she has done to the peak. She also wanted to learn how to sail. And you can imagine if you don't have any limbs, sailing with all of the ropes and the boom flying around, it's not the easiest sport to try and figure out. She wanted to compete in the Paralympics for Canada. Now, the truth of the matter is she fell just short of that dream. But I want to talk to you about the effort she put into trying. So Tracy being Tracy, she wanted to learn from you know, one of the best. So she got in her car, she drove to Florida, and she slept in her car for three months. And she got up early every single morning and went down and washed and scrubbed down that guy's boat. Until he finally said to her, what the heck do you want? And she explained that she wanted him to, to train her to, to be an Olympic sailor. And he said, well, you, you can't sail. 
And I don't know her exact words, but they were something along the lines of, I think I can. Now, the truth is, he took her on. Now, chills went down my spine when Tracy was describing how many times she fell off that boat, how many times she got hit in the head with a boom or just slid off and had to just find a way to climb back in and keep doing it over and over and over again. And she came this close to qualifying for the Rio Olympics, didn't quite make it. But it was in talking to Tracy and Ruben in particular that I came to understand what little old me had in common with those two amazing people. You see, at a time when everybody is focused on results, these two people were focused on the effort. They were focused on the effort. And believe it or not, my story and the story of every single person in this room who has achieved something that others said couldn't be done is exactly the same. Did you know that more than 95% of small business failures result from the entrepreneur simply quitting? They give up. And we give up because we don't like to lose. And if you're going to go through life or business, measuring your success based on today's results and today's results only, you're going to feel like you're losing a lot. It's a bad feeling. Some of you might know a guy named Seth Godin. We mentioned him a couple of times. When Seth was on my, my show, he said, Tim, he said, the thing is that most people quit just before they were positioned to succeed. He actually wrote a book about it. It's called The Dip. Some of you might have, have read it. It's a fabulous book. But what he, what he suggests is that when you know, we start off and we're all excited and the business starts to grow, but we always go into this valley. It's inevitable. And it's when we're at the bottom of that dip, when things seem the bleakest, when we're asking if we can really do this, that's when we quit. Ironically, just before we're getting ready to you know, climb up the other side. So the question really is, how did I avoid that fate? Why didn't I quit? How can everyone in this room avoid that fate? And I put to you that it all comes down to self-esteem or self-worth. You know, Mahatma Gandhi once said that full effort equals full victory. And I think what we can take from Gandhi, from Seth Godin, from people like Ruben Gonzalez and Tracy Schmidt, is that if we can learn to base our self-worth on the quality of the effort we're putting in and not today's results, that we will always have the strength to power through those days when we feel like quitting. That's why I didn't quit. That's why my business succeeded when others didn't. You know, it's a simple concept, but I think it's a concept that has the potential to change lives. And I do want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share it with you today. Thanks. You can learn more about Tim Allison at screwthenaysayers.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>